everyone, and welcome to season five of the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. Season five. I'm Ashley. Sorry. Wow. I think, could I sound more game show host? Maybe a little. Like, <laughs> I kind of now want you to put, like, the Price is Right music behind you. Like, the da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. It's the Cutaways. Cutaways. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many so, yeah. theme songs <laughs> so many get on that jimmy by the way happy birthday jimmy by the way happy birthday us by the way happy birthday tom hanks aka batman <laughs> it's a poppin week batman yeah. yeah have you okay every year for like the last like four years on instagram colin hanks has wished his dad happy birthday uh-huh but it's not tom hanks who he posts pictures about Oh, it's Michael Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I love it. Yes. Happy 63rd birthday to my dad. (laughs) And it's a very old picture of Michael Keaton. Amazing. Happy birthday to him. Yep. And you and everybody. I had the celebrity news this time. You did it. You're back on your game. (laughs) How you were ever off your game. I don't know. Hockey killed me, man. That's right. Yeah, it was the hockey. It was the hockey. Well, (laughs) this is our podcast. We're watching romantic comedies in chronological order still. We're all the way up here in 2003. What did we watch this week, Ashley? This week we watched 2003's What a Girl Wants, What a Girl Needs, (laughs) Whatever (laughs) We I'm already like, spoiler, the worst thing about this movie is there's no song. I know, right? It's like they named it that, but then like they couldn't get the rights to the song. I know. God, I was so upset. So upset. I watched all the credits all the way to the end being like, come on, give me that Christina Aguilera you've been promising me. None. None, None whatsoever. No. I'll try to not let it taint my review. Okay, this was like a staple for me, was young it? me. I loved this movie on TV, like on ABC Family. I would watch this all the time. Ooh, anytime it was, it was this and Thirteen Going on Thirty. I would always watch those two, no matter what. All right, so our description from IMDb is: an American teenager learns that her father is a wealthy British politician running for office. Although she is eager to find him, she realizes it could cause a scandal and cost him the election. But she does it anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did she ever realize it? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that this is completely accurate. <laughs> IMDb, what's up? What is up? It's semi-truthful, but not... Again, doesn't get to the heart of the story. Yeah, no. It doesn't capture the pure beauty that was Colin Firth and his relationship with Amanda Bynes because that was the best part of the entire movie was those two together. Colin Firth. Yeah. Colin Firth. Okay. I feel like we're getting into it. It's just like, I love that he takes everything he does seriously. The end. Yeah. (laughs) 110%. Uh, As mentioned, this movie stars Amanda Bynes. Colin Firth, who we previously saw in Shakespeare in Love, Bridget Jones's Diary, and Love Actually. And Kelly Preston, who we watched or who you watched in Space Camp, and who I watched in Jerry Maguire. (laughs) It sounds like 
You're like, who won in this situation? Yeah. None of us. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of us. No, yeah. Dan and I covered Space Camp on the Patreon. Go subscribe to that, please. Mm-hmm. Your money goes to good causes. Like our website that's pretty and beautiful and I spent so much time on so please use it (laughs) it's lovely uh it was directed by a female director yeah we got another one didn't realize that her name is Denny Gordon I feel like it's a ambiguous gender sort of name yeah but that works for our industry because uh resumes yeah (laughs) Resume goes out, they see you, and then, like, take you as one thing. I mean, I think that that happens a lot, just in general. You see names, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that's a name that's typically associated with one specific gender, so I'm going to, in my mind, gender it. And it's a subconscious thing that, you know, I'm trying to get better at. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know this about the movie, but this was based on the 1955 play The Reluctant Debutante by William Douglas Holm. It was adapted by Jenny Bix and Elizabeth Chandler. Bix had an uncredited scripts uh, revision credit for Never Been Kissed and also played the small role of Miss Haskell. Miss Haskell is the character that Gary Marshall fires, I believe. Oh, okay. He goes, Miss Haskell is out. Everybody else still has a job. And then he's like... What are you doing, Drew Barrymore? And she's like, look at my horseshoe necklace. I'm a teen. As you can see, I have committed nothing of this movie to my memory. <laughs> and I am relaying it really badly. <laughs> uh, well, this current movie that we're watching was edited by Charles McSellen? Cullen? Cullen? McClellan. McClellan. Ah, ah. It's a lot of L's. There's a lot of L's there. <laughs> His assistant editors were Joe Dale and Catarona. Catriona is what I think. I like it. Like, that should be Catwoman's name. Ooh, Catriona? Yeah, like Italian Catwoman. I like <gasps> this plan. Ooh, maybe in the some universe, what universe, DC, the Lego Batman. Lego Batman, <laughs> yes. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days, like some of these people are going to like listen to these episodes. I just have a feeling that it's going to happen mm-hmm. and they're going to mm-hmm. be like, why are you like giving us these superpowers? Like, remember, we've, we've already had our <gasps> team of like superpower assistant editors. <laughs> yep. The Avengers of assistant editors. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, but... Joe Dale and Catarona Richardson. Catriona. Catriona. There's too many consonants. It's okay. We'll get through this together. We will. The movie was an hour and 45 minutes long. It's rated PG for mild language. And it has a nine, uh, nine, has a 5.9 out of 10 IMDb rating and a 41 Metascore rating. Can I say that I was actually really pleased watching a PG rated movie because I feel like I just needed needed some fun, needed to kick back and not be like over stressed about whether characters were going to do it or whatnot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, we needed some some teen, some teen love. Some nice, easy teen. <laughs> Teens having first kisses. That's all. Yes. <laughs> So this movie actually had awards, Justine. Mm-hmm. I know you put this email together, but did you know that this movie had awards? Uh, 
I am shocked, Ashley. Shocked. <laughs> tell you, me more. Do you want to know that it won? <gasps> I have a guess, but you tell me. So at the 2004 Kids Choice Awards, USA, I love that that's pre- prefaced, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Bynes won a blimp for <laughs> favorite movie actress. Oh, my God. And Colin Firth gets the shaft again. Colin Firth gets an award in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's everything about this movie. Oh, I have something. You have something. So you know how like on social media, I'll be like, we're watching this movie for the podcast. And sometimes people will be like, oh my God, I have opinions. And I'm like, tell me. Yes. I have heard from another Ashley, Ashley from Make It Modern, who had much to say. Oh, uh, first of all, she cannot wait for this episode. Like all caps. Yes. Like one of those. <laughs> and I was like, tell me what you like about it. <laughs> she says, I remember watching it when I was younger and I was like, yes, finally, a girl who as endearingly awkward slash clumsy as me made it to the big screen. Plus, Ian, dat boy is fine. There's a lot of E's. Also, Fuck Clarissa. She's the worst. (laughs) And then she adds, also one thing I will say that hasn't aged well, there's no way in hell she fixed that frump dress Clarissa and her mom got her with just a pair of scissors. When I rewatched it recently, I was like, wait, what? No, no. I have lots of thoughts about that. (laughs) So many thoughts. That and some of the camera angles. Ooh, camera angles. Interesting. I know. I don't know why it bugged me so much. So this was my first time seeing the movie. I'd never seen any, any, anything, nothing. None of it. No hints, none. I will say that it gets a lot of shit online for being like a lukewarm version of the Princess Diaries. I can see that, yeah. Which I did get a lot of Princess Diaries feels, but I didn't hate it, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, reminds me of this other thing I like and I can see what they're going for. It's not as good as that. Yeah, but still. Ultimately, I thought it was a mashup of The Princess Diaries, Cinderella, but like Cinderella Ever After, mm-hmm. and The Parent Trap. Ooh. Yeah, kind of. Because of like, uh, I don't know, stepmom sort of hijinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that vibe. Of I like get that. Reconnecting, reconnecting with the dad while also pissing off the future stepmom sort of thing. Okay. Generally... I think I liked it. It wasn't bad. It could have been maybe a little shorter, but overall pretty non-offensive and just like turning it on and chilling out. Uh, This time around, I, as much as I really like Ian and his attractiveness, I felt like he was totally unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit, like, I, I think I took some of my notes of, like, okay, they're automatically best friends, and okay, he automatically has opinions on her life for a guy she just met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that, that kind of got to me a little bit this way. I mean, so I've always been, like, drawn to this movie because, you know, I have terrible relationship with my father, and this was one of the only movies that I ever saw where the main, like, five minutes of the movie is her being upset that she's not ever going to have like the daddy daughter moment. And so I always had that as a younger kid. Cause you know, as a young nineties child in like female, you're like, Oh my wedding. Like who doesn't fantasize about the day that you get to be a princess. 
And so that's something that everyone else gets to have, presumably, in my tiny little brain, but that I'm never going to get to have. Where, Mm -hmm. like, now, looking at it as a married woman, I did get to have that at my wedding. It was just in a Mm -hmm. different fashion because I did it with my uncle, my, my godfather, instead of my Mm -hmm. actual father so I like yeah somebody who's in your life and cares about you yeah but I appreciated this movie for like asking that question that like the little the little girl who fantasizes about everything and doesn't get to have a relationship with her dad or have a positive relationship with her dad I thought that that was that was nice I love Carl and Firth in it, as I mentioned, him always going 110%, especially when he gets to dance in some leather pants, as you know he loves doing. Was he wearing eyeliner in that scene? I think so. It was nice. so. (laughs) Oh, and his earring came back. Remember his earring from Shakespeare in Love? Yes. (sighs) We love that Firth action. Yes. Like I said, this movie is silly, it's fluff, but... I think it's got some heart to it. It's not the best thing ever. It's surface level good. It's not, Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot there. It doesn't like pick a lane and go with it. It picks like four lanes. No, yeah. It could have been emotionally deeper like Princess Diaries was, which makes Princess Diaries a better movie. Yeah. Well, I think Princess Diaries, it's because it focused so much it didn't try to make all of these things the A plot. Like I feel like in in What a Girl Wants, so like the boyfriend is can be an A plot at sometimes. The mm. the dad is an A plot at sometimes. Her relationship with her mother is an A plot at some points in time. And then there's like even this whole she's cuckoo like aspect of it. Like she's a or free spirit. Yeah. She's free spirit. There were a lot of main characters. I thought that I would get confused and kind of mix them up in my notes but I think I did a pretty good job keeping track and remembering names yeah they were all different from one another they were also super separate like at one point Ian just disappears from the movie like all completely yeah so it's like she had multiple antagonists yes exactly (laughs) and here's the point where I'm going to talk about how all of her like emotional like speeches that Amanda Bynes was like given were all done in this like really weird close-up Yes. I guess my problem was the camera angle was giving me what I was supposed to feel rather than Amanda Bynes. Right, exactly. It's one of those, she can't cry on camera, so we're just going to push in closer. Yeah. So we're going to make it like a point visually, and and, Mm -hmm. and there's that disconnect there, which this time around made me very uncomfortable, probably because I was actually focusing on the movie. But yeah, I was- I was slightly uncomfortable watching this movie every time that those camera angles would come up. I felt there were too many montages of her dancing and trying on clothes. I can agree with that. Maybe like two too many. (laughs) There were like four, right? Yeah, there were a lot of just like her dancing. And I'm like, what movie are we in now? (laughs) At this point in time, let's look it up. Where was Amanda Bynes at in her career? So this is 2003. She had stopped doing All That and Amanda Show in 2002. So her first role on the big screen was in Big Fat Liar in 2002. So this is like her first lead role in a movie. Yeah. I remember Big Fat Liar because she was also on that sitcom, What I Like About You, with Jenny Garth on the WB. Yes. So I read an interview with her lately because she's back in the news again about cleaning up her act and wanting to get back into acting. 
Yeah, I'm glad that she's like gotten help and yeah, everything. Like I'm really major props for her because mm-hmm. all the stuff that she says that she went through, she basically so basically she had an emotional breakdown mm-hmm. in public, and yeah, it was not good. She was also possibly doing who knows how many types of drugs. Yeah, and alcohol. she says in the interview like what drugs she was on and when and how much and just how much being on screen and seeing herself on screen had made her hate herself. Mm -hmm. But now that she's gone through a four-year school for a degree in fashion, she's into that and has recentered herself and has just kind of become like a normal person again and has gotten off of everything. No, she looks healthy. Mm -hmm. Like I remember seeing a picture of her when she, it was after she bleached her hair or she was wearing a wig or something. It was after she mm. went on the Twitter tangent about Drake and Josh. Yeah, and she apologized for all that too, saying like she was just completely out of her head, miserable, just not working, just inside, and all she was doing was just venting on Twitter. Like she yeah. was just doing nothing else, and that was her only release. So to her, it's embarrassing. So I'm glad she's able to step up and talk about it and talk about how she's doing better and what her future plans are. I really, you know, I have soft spot for the mental health issues in the Mm -hmm. world, but I think it's so important for us to show her because I think the media, especially like Perez Hilton and those types of people in the media really like got off on going after her and and making fun of her and and bringing her down like extensively bringing her down so I think it's really important for us to see her you know come back from that and be okay for just from the standpoint of of showing little girls who suffer from depression or even little boys who suffer from depression Mm -hmm. that a right now problem isn't a future problem and yeah. so it, it is important to see it is important to see the crash and burn sometimes, but it's also just as important to see the the rising back up and supporting someone coming back up on that journey because it's hard. Yeah. Excellent. Good talk. Should we talk about this movie? OK, so I have notes. They're pretty scribbly because I think I wrote them in the dark. They might be a bit random. Who knows? This movie, What a Girl Wants, it's in New York City as it starts out with this terrible digital rendering of the city. Yes. Like, why? Because they had no money. What was the point of that even? To see if they could. Okay, this movie starts off with narration, which is always bad. But she's got to explain her sad backstory. Yeah. Also, her name is Daphne. Daphne Reynolds? It's a very British name. It is. She always wishes... On her birthday for her dad. Because every child who has an absent parent wishes that they had a parent <laughs> on their birthday. I'm not I, I'm not making that a joke. That's a thing. Yeah. There are statistical evidence. But also every year, her mom tells her the story about Colin Firth in the Moroccan desert. <laughs> Hippie. They were hippies in the desert. <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. Okay, so his family didn't approve, so they trick her into leaving, except Colin Firth didn't know it was a trick. So they tricked both of them. Yeah. Already in the beginning, we get this plot line that both the mom and the daughter would never know. So it's like, we're privy to this extra information in a story (laughs) that evil, what's his name, Alistair? It's Jonathan Price. Yeah. It's the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) That's how I always remember. 
I think of him uh, from Brazil, but now I think of him from Game of Thrones. Two Game of Thrones actors yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, there is. Yeah, I always think of him as slightly like nefariously evil. He always plays evil characters. Yeah, he was a great addition to this movie. Yes. Basically, yeah, Jonathan Price is evil, gives Colin Firth a note saying like, oh, look, she met somebody else. Sorry. And just kicks... What's her name? Libby to the curb. Yep. I don't know why we are seeing this during a flash. It's like a flashback within a flashback because it's what's her name? Daphne's 15th birthday that we're hearing about this. But then we skip ahead to the present day, which is her 17th birthday. Yeah, we didn't need this. I would have cut this out. It's to Inception. Yeah. It's like filler. And this movie doesn't need filler. No, this was like one of those notes that you always hear about where you're like, oh, I really want to cut this out. Like it's slowing everything down. It doesn't, let's just get into it. And they're like, no, but the audience will not understand it. Uh, (laughs) Audiences are not dumb. (laughs) You're dumb. (laughs) That's what this was. They're like, our 12 year old audience won't understand it. It's like your 12 year old audience isn't going to be able to sit down long enough to care. Okay, so we meet Daphne in the present day, who is a clumsy gal who saves weddings from the brink of disaster. Yep, pretty much. Her mom is still in a band. She is she performs at weddings, mm-hmm. and I don't know how, but Daphne is in the catering department at weddings, <laughs> the same weddings. Because it's probably the same people who hired the band. Nope, don't think about it. It's two different departments. Well, no, 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 no. It's like, okay, so like the wedding singer. He like is signed on with that venue. Right. And that's how he meets Julia, who is in the catering department. In theory, it makes sense. In theory, okay, you're right. You you brought in the wedding singer, (laughs) so that's a pass. Christopher Visser will be proud. (laughs) We learn that Daphne is his lost girl, graduated high school but she doesn't want to go to college she's so sad like she's too sad to go to college she's so sad that half of her is missing because she never met her dad when you think about angsty teenagers (laughs) this is an argument that 100% comes up right like I'm not crazy right I'm too sad to do anything go to college (laughs) so right away she runs away I don't know how she affords it. I mean, she has the job. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) But for reals, she runs away to London. Instead of going to college, like instead of using her college money that she's been saving while working, Mm -hmm. she uses it to go see her dad. That's how she affords it. I know. I'm insane. I'm rationalizing this stupid movie. (laughs) I'm like, how in 2003 are you going to book an airplane ticket and so short in advance? I'm like, How? Movie logic. Movie logic. But I do like when she hits London, we get this fun editing London montage to the clash. London calling, as usual. Yeah. No, it was really good. And the hotel that she stays at is really cool. It's like a hostel. Yeah. It's a hostel hostel. (laughs) But like it's in the middle of London and it's got like the, it's a round entryway and it's like, it's just Yeah. It looks like a bar. Yeah. But you live there. Yeah. So in the hostel, right away, she meets cute boy with guitar. (laughs) Welcome to London. See, that's what we need to do with you. Oh, yeah. I do that. We'll just send you to London. 
Yeah. Meet cute boy in a bar with a guitar. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Also, while she's meeting cute boy, she gets hit with some exposition. <laughs> in the form of news. <laughs> yes. Right there. Right perfectly there. She turns around and her dad's on the news. And she was like, my daddy. <laughs> and we learn that probably also everybody else knows at the same time as he's running as a commoner in politics, he's also getting married. Because, <laughs> of course, we needed more characters in this. And then suddenly the cute boy becomes her best friend. Yes. His name is Ian. And he is cute. I mean, he's okay. Yeah, but his accent, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can sing. And he's a drummer, I think, in IRL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he can sing James Brown. They, the singers performed their own songs. Mm-hmm. They did all their own. That I all knew. All their own vocals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like, that's my dad. I want to find him, but I shouldn't. And he's like, I know where they live. I'll take you there. You should totally do it. Like, he just drops whatever he was doing as the receptionist to this hostel because he's got four jobs, four, at least four jobs in this movie. He's all the jobs. Every time there needs to be a job, it's Ian. Yeah. London is such a small town. Okay, what irks me is that she's just like, I don't think I should do this. And then, so she walks away from him, and then cut to, she walks right up to Dashwood Manor. Yeah. What is the deal? So, part of me feels like a lot of this movie, there's a lot more on the cutting room floor. Because, I mean, when you really think about it, like, I feel like there was also more reasons behind, like, the stepmom storyline mm-hmm. and why people, like, just all of a sudden go missing in, in the movie. I just feel like there's other scenes that we are not privy to, and there was a lot yeah. of extra. There's a lot of movie. Yeah. So, yeah, she goes there. She sneaks in, and we're also getting this scene with the evil stepmom and... Clarissa, the evil stepsister, would be. They're, they're, they're not married yet, so she bears no relation to these people at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> they're just fianced. But she gets caught sneaking in. She gets caught by the dad who thinks that she's the press, the paparazzi. And so she just kind of, not privately, but in front of everybody in the castle, breaks it to him that he's her dad. What's <laughs> up? You're my daddy. You're my daddy. <laughs> and they're like, what? No, you're not. No, this is all to get us bad press. You're this, lying. You this want is money. Bullocks, who sent you? Did Piers Morgan send you? It's <laughs> my uppity British person impression. Mm-hmm. But coolest character in this movie, Grandma Dashwood, Henry's mom, is super chill. She's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's just like... I believe you. Do you want some tea? (laughs) I am very sympathetic to your cause, but do not hug me. (laughs) I'm British, dear. We don't hug. (laughs) We don't hug. We only show affection for dogs and horses. Which is the most British thing and awesomest Mm -hmm. thing ever. I aspire to that in life Mm -hmm. a little. So to recap, Henry is shaky about this news Mm -hmm. glynis and clarissa suck and mama dashwood is amazing and ready to like crown daphne right there and then because she also thinks that glynis and clarissa suck (laughs) truth (laughs) 
she's like, this is a great bombshell for this in this marriage. <laughs> yeah, she is all about stirring up that trouble. I loved Grandma Dashwad. They tell Daphne that she can stay there in the manor and give her this huge bedroom. And then finally, someone lets Libby know where her daughter is because it has been a significant amount of time. <laughs> She's like, hmm, where is my daughter? But like Henry calls her. And she's like, okay, so she's with you? Like, she's not, like, freaking out or has called. My mom would, like, call the police if I was missing for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> Didn't she, though? Yes. <laughs> Still to this day, Henry Colin Firth, he's very upset that he didn't know. He didn't know that he had a baby. But Libby's argument was, you hit it and quit it, so <laughs> you could have, you know, contacted me anytime. She ghosted, essentially. I mean, they were both tricked. Like, again, yes. the audience knows this. And so that kind of makes this annoying. Like, it should have been the reveal Yeah. later on. That would have been better for me. Mm-hmm. Agree. Because, yeah, wouldn't it have been better? Okay, sorry. Mm. Like, in my head, I hadn't thought of this. But it would have been so much better because you would go into it as an audience member kind of, like, hating Colin Firth a little bit and then mm -hmm. like you as an audience go through this like bonding experience with Amanda Bynes so you're yeah. more on a level with Amanda Bynes than you would be without that knowledge yeah you shouldn't know more information than Amanda Bynes does as yeah. the audience yeah so that's where they fucked up anyway so yeah he's upset she's just like well you, you kicked me out but yeah they're both in the wrong but they're both tricked yeah so, Alistair, he's not only, what's her name, Glynis's father, but he's also Henry's political advisor. Like, Alistair's been in the family longer than Glynis and Clarissa have been, which is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but British, so. <laughs> so we, un we don't understand politics in Britain. Yeah. No offense to Britain, but does Britain understand politics in Britain? Because, you know, that whole Brexit thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, how can we spin this story? That's like their angle on it. They're like, people are going to find out. So let's tell them that you knew about her all along sort of thing. That you're not so much of a deadbeat dad. Yeah. <laughs> so Henry asks Daphne to go to the dress show because he has to make several political appearances on his campaign. And Clarissa overhears this and... She understands that Daphne has no idea what it means because Daphne's not British. <laughs> yeah. She confirms what Daphne thinks, that it's a crazy dress party and that you could totally like wear what you're wearing now or whatever. You know, it's not like a snooty formal thing. It's a Madonna shows up thing. But it is a snooty thing. Yeah. We're still in, in Britain, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is not America. We show up to the theater in sweatpants. Yeah, I wish we didn't. <laughs> oh, I wish we didn't too. I don't. We don't. No, Me and you don't. We don't. America does. Right, and we're talking about the theater. Ashley and I dress up to the nines when we go see some Broadway. <laughs> so what did you think of the Prince Charles... Harry and William. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I love the queen, like, too. It was just all just lovely. I feel like they weren't going for, like, an exact replica with the queen like they were for the other, for the princes. That's valid. For the queen, I think they were just doing, like, queenly woman. <laughs> 
I thought it was still. I I really liked like the uh, the Prince Charles like ADR like that's obvious ADR even the or it's not even ADR it's like actual voice replacement. Yeah, <laughs> the looped in voice. Yeah, because of bath accidents, Daphne is late and can't attend with the rest of the group and has to show up later, but can't get in the front because they're not allowing people in after the show has started. So she goes around the back. She sneaks in. She ends up on the runway. And starts modeling. <laughs> Badly. Tyra was not proud. But she's also like wearing like low-rise jeans and a tank top. So it's like, oh, salacious American girl. <laughs> Clutching my British pearls. <laughs> Literally. But then, yeah, she also like falls off stage and falls right into the royal family. After that. There's a little bit of a social gathering, right? Yes. Daphne is someone who's not British acting. She is friendly with everybody. She's there to make friends. She doesn't care about status. Right. She doesn't actually know who's who and who's royal and who's not. Like, everybody's equal yeah. to her. So if someone's got a cute dog, she's going up to that person and saying, can I pet your cute dog? <laughs> doesn't matter that that person is a princess she is me. But this gets her in good with the family because they're like, oh, this is different. This is nice. This is nice feeling. America is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so when asked if Daphne will be staying the rest of the season, Henry goes, yeah, yeah, she's going to stay the summer. And everybody's like, oh, what? And the season that they're referring to is the, the debutante season. The coming out season. Mm -hmm. They were already planning a coming out for Clarissa. So now it's just been added. Yeah, we'll have Daphne come out too. Tack her bam. on. Bam. Bam. Which Clarissa hates because she wants to be the only eligible bachelorette at Dashwood Manor for some reason. But also, like, why do they make debutantes so competitive? I feel like that's a common theme amongst media. Well, it's kind of like my super sweet. 16 what is that that show yeah my super suit 16 they're competitive because they want to have the best fucking party yeah and i feel like it's kind of the same thing like when they had like the twins coming out party they're like this is dull and boring af okay that's valid mm -hmm. i mean it's not valid but i mean it's, an, it's a valid argument for the why the, the it is this way i read a lot of victorian British that is true steam you do <laughs> steampunk urban fantasy <laughs> and there's a bunch of that in there my experience is based on Gilmore Girls <laughs> not the same so Clarissa tries to unsuccessfully scare off Daphne being like I'm so much better than you but then Daphne's like fuck you up from New York I'm fucking murder you <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also grandma's like, fuck the haters. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma is the best. <laughs> Don't at me. This really happened. <laughs> Grandma deserves more. She mm -hmm. deserved a whole way like longer plot line. Mm -hmm. More screen time. Yes. So we have this other party. Henry was like, don't worry, Glynis and Clarissa will make sure you're dressed appropriately this time. So they give her this dress. That's like a sponge? Yeah, it's like a potato sack dress. Yeah. But underneath it, it's got this 
silvery blue lining of like a real dress. Yeah, it was like this weird green, like mossy, like mm-hmm. looking thing. And then like the 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 neckline was so weird. Sorry, I'm remembering and, yeah. like having really terrible flashbacks. It was like a a, a satchel. Yeah. Around her neck. Yeah. So she takes a pair of scissors and restyles this dress. So then when we next see her on her official like presentation to the paparazzi, she comes down, she's being introduced and she takes off what is now she's turned into the cloak and has the slinky blue dress underneath as she's restyled it. And it's very suave and American and she's made wonderful fashion choices that they've never seen before in britain fashion capital of something which makes clarissa's boyfriend armistead interested in her is he her boyfriend or is he just like a schmuck he's a schmuck that she feels is like okay we're on the same line of what is it self-importance nepotism yeah, I mean, like, if they're, like, both lords and ladies, then they're like, okay, we're both at the same level, so I guess we're... You're mine. Be, <laughs> yeah. She would not be marrying down if she married Armistead. Yeah. But Armistead is a boring cad. He licks his lips and says, mmm, yummy, at some point, yeah. and it was so weird. But, luckily, Ian shows up as the musician, because he has 12 jobs. All the jobs. He is the jobs. He is the jobs. He's the only working person in all of London. Yeah. He he supports London. Yeah. Good job, Ian. She can tell, because she's been to boring weddings before, she can tell that this party is a bit of a bust. So she's just like, Ian, we got to liven up this party and get it cracking. <laughs> Let's go. So he does just that. And she's in the middle and she's dancing and she gets everybody dancing. And everybody's having such fun. Get up off of that thing. Where the movie lost me, choreographed dance number. Yeah, why was that there? I forgot about that. Not happening. No. It makes more sense in 13 going on 30. Yeah, because they're doing a dance that everybody knows. Yeah. This? No. No, 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 no. Not at all. Unfortunately, Lord of High Gardens chandelier falls. (laughs) And it's a big to-do. Yes, because that, that chandelier was gifted from Napoleon to Josephine, and he's had it since the French Revolution or something. Or so he claims. Yeah. But yeah, it's so bad that they have to like run out of there, and like their pictures are being taken by the press, and it's just like, oh, scandal! Amanda Bynes has ruined this party! It's all her fault, which like... Actually, no, it's like the structural integrity of the chandelier's fault. If you love that chandelier so much, then you would have reinforced it at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Get your property brothers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. British versions of the property brothers. Ooh. Why do we not have this HDTV? God, we pitch so many good shows. I on know, this right? Podcast. So back at the manor, Henry is having emotions because he's looking through the baby picture album that Daphne has gifted him, being like, this is what I looked like when I was born. You missed it. Yeah. Sad Henry. Sad Henry. Next morning, they have breakfast, and evil Glynis notices that they have twin tendencies buttering their bread. (laughs) Of course they do. Because they're really father and daughter. That's how we know. Yeah, because, you know, that's encoded in your DNA. Yep, your bread buttering skills. 
Which, yeah, maybe, but is this a, a, a nurture versus nature thing? Pa- are those pathways encoded in our DNA or are they based on what we see as children? Nature versus nurture. I don't know why I made this so philosophical. <laughs> um, But Glynis keeps them from bonding. She's like, oh God, they're going to be true happy family. I must make sure Henry goes to a meeting. That's how we know she's evil. Next, like, Harry meets Ian because Ian goes and takes Daphne shopping and they have a talk. And so she comes to this realization that she needs to promise to behave. So he teaches her how to, like, have poise. Does he, though? She falls off the boat. They fall off a boat, yes. (laughs) But after that, they do have a romantic moment and kiss. It is a pretty shot of her, of him, them laying in the boat. And then he, like, strokes her cheek. That's really sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. I needed that in my life. So there's another event, and I don't really remember what this event was for because they don't really go to it because as soon as she gets there, Armistad makes like a pass at her and she pushes him in the water. Mm -hmm. So Henry has got to pull her away from paparazzi and takes Ian's bike, which I think ends up making like a bigger scene. (laughs) It does. Or they have to bike away together. No, it's like Henry is like going back to his crazy I think that's what they were going for is he's like just going back to his reactionary ways Mm -hmm. instead of like thinking about the political ramifications of his actions yeah there's this whole thing in here where he has to choose what to do is he gonna prioritize being the dad to this girl or is he gonna prioritize what's best for his campaign spoiler alert he chooses Daphne (laughs) (laughs) spoiler (laughs) <laughs> this whole podcast is a spoiler alert. <laughs> you know. She has she finally gets some dad hangouts where she takes him to that shopping place and there's like another dancing makeover montage, which is dumb. But then we get Colin Firth, you know, shaking his booty in leather pants and his earring, and this makes Glynis upset, which we're like, <laughs> But also like, why Glynis? Why are you upset? He's ruining the campaign, and the campaign's very important to her. Yes, but he looked damn sexy in them pants. Yes. (laughs) She is marrying that, like, she is marrying that man. So shouldn't she appreciate a little bit of sex appeal? Like, really? Like, as, as a woman, it is so rare that our men, like, get into outfits for us. Because they don't have, okay, they don't have outfits for men. Mm -hmm. I've, I've looked. they got suits. They, yeah, but there's no lingerie for men. There is. But not, like, good lingerie. We did this on the podcast, right? What? Where we looked up the male lingerie. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very funny. <laughs> but it's not <laughs> because sexy. Because it's just, like, lacy underwear, but then there's, like, the separate part for the dick. <laughs> yeah. But it's not sexy. Like I Some wa- people could be into it. That's true. But it's not sexy for me. So, Glennis needs to, to let him be him a little bit at least mm-hmm. and and find Colin Firth attractive because she doesn't find him attractive mm. not if she doesn't want to see him in leather pants I want to see Sam in leather pants <laughs> and he no, is not has not exercised in a very long time which is very <sighs> upsetting to me but I'd still <laughs> want to see him in leather pants because that's love <laughs> baby that's love <laughs> it's love Please use this as the promo so that he sees it. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> noted. Things are bad for Henry at the polls. He has a little chat with Daphne about conforming. He doesn't say these words, though, but... But he strongly implies them. Yes, about how every member of the family has had to kill a part of themselves to fit in. So she has to kill her spirit. She really wants to be a Dashwood. Be a Dashwood, Daphne. Daphne, 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 Dashwood. Daphne, Daphne. Daphne! (laughs) She says, I can change. And has a D makeover montage. The sadder she gets, the the higher Henry's polls go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She had really strong hat game though. But she was so sad. Yeah. The last picture of her, like in the paper though, like looking very stoically, I was just like, oh shit, Amanda Bynes could kill a person. Mm! She has to ditch a date with Ian because she has previous plans. But this makes Ian upset because he now owns her. <laughs> These plans are never talked. Okay, there are no stakes at this point. Like, I feel like a montage was hiding things. Oh, maybe. Because also, we, we've we never heard of this concert thing. And it's implied that she went through this, like, in the montage, she went through this, like, transformation over several weeks. Yeah, several weeks. So he would know that she's changed, right? I get. Yeah. Unless she's just been really ditching him the whole time i don't know i don't care about them no i care i care so much more about amanda Bynes and colin first relationship yeah i was kind of sad at the end that it ended with them not dancing anymore that she went to dance with ian i was like eh. yeah but he brought her a gift <laughs> a really big gift okay so we have the scene where Grandma hands over her tiara for the coming out. And then and then it's time to come out. And she got her wedding dress on. Yep. Ian is there performing because he's the only band in town. As we've established, he's the only worker in London. <laughs> but he's very upset with her. He's like, what happened to the real you? Why fit in when you were born to stand out? Oh, right. He does have that line, which yeah. is kind of like the, ah. That was the trailer line. Seems like it. Yeah. But oh my God, her mom shows up finally. (laughs) Yeah. And she's wearing a bra. She's all dressed up. Her boobs are up. They are perked. Yep. She's in fancy gown as well. And let's see. Henry and Libby have a dance, but this makes Glynis really upset. The whole movie, Glynis is upset about something. Like every (laughs) scene is just, Glynis is upset. (laughs) Well, see, that's why I feel like we're missing like a whole subplot that this was like a master plan of her entire family was like to get the Lord so they could have like a puppet in politics, which would have been a much better like B storyline than Ian, I think. Yeah. So we have evil Alistair has revealed his evil plan out loud in public to anybody who could pass by and hear it, including Daphne. (laughs) Yeah. That he made Libby leave all that long ago. And so once Daphne hears this and confronts them, Glynis is like, come with me and I shall lock you in this room. (laughs) She's such a dick. She also watched Cinderella. (laughs) You can't go to the ball. Well, and like, okay, sneak out the window or unless they're on like the second floor or something, then that's a problem. But yeah, it's I don't think. 
the it's gonna have standard up to code windows and doors since it's fancy town. It's a castle. I don't know how London works. London, how you work? Oh, you hella old. Okay, <laughs> that seems right. That seems fair. So, another dick move that Glynis does while <laughs> Daphne is locked away is tell Ian that we're gonna have the father daughter dance now, and then. When everybody's looking around and she's like, oh, Daphne disappeared again. Which, when did that happen? (laughs) She's like, oh, I guess Daphne disappeared again. So why don't you just dance with Carissa? It's like the same thing. This was a plan. Like, that's why I think there was like, there was some more nefarious things. Yeah, it's definitely like wants to get the crown. That's why I keep saying Cinderella. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel like maybe that stuff just didn't test well. Because like her, they're like, why is she so mean? Mm-hmm. So then Libby is the only parent who cares. Is like, why is my daughter missing at her party? <laughs> Goes and finds her locked in a room. And so when Daphne comes out and sees that her dad is having the daddy-daughter moment with this other gal, she is fucking done. Done. Hands over her tiara. She tells uh, Clarissa, you win. You win. I'm done. Yeah. He's like, wait, wait, wait. And she's just like, I'm done waiting. I've been waiting for 17 years. I'm going. Bye. Peace out, home skillet. Bye. I'm done being whatever you want me to be. I gotta be me. That's her thing. I miss being me. And that's enough. I'm enough. But then the queen shows up. So he's got to let her go because now he's choosing between his daughter and the queen. And... He's British, so he's got to choose the queen. <laughs> you always have to choose the queen. <laughs> or they kill you, according to Hamilton. So later on, Henry has a little powwow with his mom. And Grandma says, You know all of our family members who have been sacrificing their limbs? Well, you're sacrificing your heart. And you don't need to do that, Ducky. Also, I love oh, that her Ducky. name was Ducky. Her nickname for her was Ducky. Mm. I Just Grandma. Just Grandma was the best. So Henry has this big political speech to give, goes up there, and unbeknownst to his Glynis Alistair party, he goes, I'm withdrawing my candidacy. I choose my daughter. Bye, bitches. Yeah. And he drops the mic and walks out. And they're like, <gasps> I kind of want something like this to happen in British politics because I feel like it would be amusing. Mm-hmm. So Alistair, again, the brilliant... Jonathan Price, sorry he's playing such a dumb character because he again unveils his evilness to Henry being like, well, yeah, I knew she was pregnant. That's why I sent her away. And so he gets punched. It was awesome. Yeah. The writing is not, though. (laughs) No, 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 no. But like Colin Firth's performance is so good. Mm -hmm. Actually, both of their performances is really good. Like you believe that he really wants to punch that guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of really wanted to punch that guy. It's like mm-hmm. what he's saying is stupid, but yeah. Anyway. So back in America, another day, another wedding, another dollar, another daddy-daughter dance. Filling out her college applications because she finally found herself. That's right. She is good enough for her, which means she's good enough to go to school. <laughs> That's how that works. Take on a bunch of student loans. Yeah. And be in crushing debt for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> America. But as in all magical moments in movies, 
Colin Firth shows up on a boat. <laughs> it's so pretty. He goes up to Daphne and he says, I love you. Won't you dance with me? They have a dance. Dance. And Libby's so speechless. She's like, this is it. This is the moment. And yes, he brought Ian as well. <laughs> Who's also on the boat behind him. You don't see him, though. No, you don't see him. It takes a very long time. He's like, I brought you a present. It was really big. I also like that he showed up and he's just like, I tried to write you something on the plane, but everything came out like really dumb and had like 8,000 little like scraps of paper. It got complicated. So he just had to speak from his heart. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was lovely. So while Ian is dancing with Daphne, Henry goes up to Libby, apologizes and plants a big one on her. They never established, though, if they were actually married. Until in the narration, yeah. they do get married. married. Yes. For realsies. For realsies. This is all after. They're like, yay. And then I went to Oxford. Yay. That's why she went to a British school, because she probably got into it for free. Oh, right. Because America is expensive. But then the last thing we see is everybody eating on the front yard at Dashwood Manor and everybody's so relaxed and happy and chill and no longer stuffy British politics ruining their lives. The end. No Christina Aguilera song. Despite our best efforts. (laughs) Yeah, you can play the credits and mute them and be like, what a girl Girl wants, what what a girl girl needs. (laughs) Whatever makes you happy to set you free and I'm thanking you for giving, giving it to, to me. me. Ow! The end. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're going to do a dramatic reading. It's a little bit of monologuing though because that's how this movie goes. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be Clarissa. Ashley's going to be Daphne Reynolds. <laughs> Bringing out my America. Mm-hmm. Patriotism. <laughs> oh, Very you. Lovely. So Henry asked us to give you a few pointers, didn't he? Well, pointer number one, go home. Mother and I belong here and it's quite clear that you just don't fit in. And pointer number two, while you're packing, keep your grimy little Yankee paws off Armistead Stewart. He's mine. If you take your nose out of the air for one second, you'll see your designer. I'm vintage. You got a mansion. I've got a five floor walk up. You're a snooty little Miss Cranky Pants, and I go with the flow. So why would you even think for one second I'd ever have the same taste in guys? So here's a little pointer for you. Get over yourself and stop trying to be my daddy's little girl because I'm not going anywhere. Wow. (laughs) Scene. That is some writing. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. It was hard. It was hard to get through. And, you know, good on Amanda Bynes for doing it. And Yeah. Bam. Bam. It's kind of an interesting line that stuck with me. You're designer. I'm vintage. I've always liked stop trying to be my daddy's little girl. (laughs) For some reason, I've always liked that. It just makes me laugh. There are are a couple of fun Mm one-liners in this. Take your hand off my daughter or you won't get a scene. You'll get a Broadway musical. (laughs) That's something you would say. (laughs) It's chocolate. Need I say more? My evil stepsister. You've seen Cinderella, right? Let me clue you in. I win. <laughs> wow. Okay, what do we have up uh, next? Oh, we rate the movie. Ha 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 ha. We forgot. <laughs> we 
Remember that time that we forgot to rate the movie? <laughs> yes, one time in 136 podcasts. <laughs> but it still happened and it was funny. <laughs> okay, Justine, do you want to rate the movie this time? I'm going to rate this movie two and a half Colin Firth's climbing over a wall barefoot. <laughs> Why was he barefoot again? I've been... <laughs> added to it i'm like oh (laughs) he's acting he's just acting barefoot now okay (laughs) i'm going to rate this movie three bangly bracelets oh yes i was thinking about doing something from the shopping montage the many shopping montages the many many montages (laughs) (laughs) three montages that's what i give the movie wow I mean, yeah, it's not terrible. We've seen worse. Yeah, it's perfectly average. Perfectly average. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Okay, so I've got this little mailbag that I'm wrestling. Russell, Russell, Russell. And we have a review from Sequoia from Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. Can I tell you, I love her podcast. Like, I listen to it whenever I'm feeling blue because it makes me laugh. So much because they just read Harry Potter fan fiction (laughs) and it's amazing. Oh, I love that. You should check it out if you haven't already. I will definitely do that. I met Sequoia uh, at PodCon. Oh, nice. She's very chill, cool, cool gal. I was very like, are you Sequoia? (laughs) I recognize your your Draco Harry ship shirt. Amazing. (laughs) You know I do love my Draco Harry fanfic so much that I have the the book that was fanfiction that became an actual book. Oh, by Rainbow um, Rowell. Carry on. Yeah, carry on. It's so good. Okay, so Sequoia's uh, review is titled "So Much Fun." Five stars. I consider myself a romantic comedy expert, but this podcast has brought so many more movies. I've had a great time listening to these two ladies talk about some of my favorite movies. Aw. Well, we hope that you enjoy also the lesser known ones. Yeah. Those are also fun. Yeah, we, we, we've had a huge back catalog for you mm-hmm. to, to pilfer and enjoy. Definitely. There's a whole film archive history here. Man, I kind of miss when we we're like, wow, look at this Technicolor back in its heyday. I know. I kind of miss it too sometimes. Okay, we're going to have to pull an emergency Cary Grant soon. What do you think? I think so. I think we okay. are we are going to need something, something, something with sprinkling mm-hmm. on top. It's that part of us where we need to like satisfy like our little like film student, filmmaker yeah. parts. Yeah. Yeah. Where we want to get like really technical and nerdy about something. Like here's history. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Anyway, we're continuing on the the song title theme for now. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And next time on the podcast, we're watching 2003's Love Don't Cost a Thing. Love don't cost a thing. I don't know the words to that one. My love don't cost a thing. That one. That one. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what this movie is about. This movie is a remake of 1987's can't buy me love oh shit with nick cannon and christina milian why it's got 13 percent on rotten tomatoes and we're gonna watch it so it's gonna be terrible (laughs) tune in next time for that 
disaster. Wow. Wow. Did you have fun on this episode, Ashley? Yeah, I did. It's like it was a good palate cleanser. Yeah. Where can our listeners find some more fun if they choose? The internet? That's right. We're on Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. That was a really good toss. I love it. <laughs> so natural. I wasn't even acting. I was actually really trying to figure out what I should say, and that's just what came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on there. And all of your support is wonderfully appreciated. Like Ashley was saying earlier, your donations help keep this podcast a going. A going. You should also check out our website, which is thecutaways.com, which has all of our episodes, all of our backlog, and all of our blogs. You can interact with us on social media, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and at our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is the Cutaways Blanket Fort. Come talk with us and take BuzzFeed quizzes because <laughs> that's all we do there and it's great because I need to know which Keanu Reeves you are. <laughs> you can find us on social media everywhere else at, at Cutaways Podcasts. You can leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and wherever or on Spotify. Leave us a review and we'll read it here. And thank you ever, ever so much. That's everything I have to say. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I am losing my voice for doing two podcasts in a row. I'm sorry. We won't do this again. <laughs> it's okay. Bye. 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 Do you love true crime, history, and mysterious happenings? Every week on The Cult of Domesticity, a guest and I discuss a different historical happening, a true crime story, or whatever strikes our fancy. Join me, Courtney, every Thursday to hear some fascinating tales from some fascinating people wherever you listen to podcasts.